Free Talk 930 WFMD and WFMD.com. And we are excited to have the legendary Tommy James joining us. He's going to be at the Weinberg Center on September 10th. And, uh, Tommy, if I can call you that or Mr. James, whatever you want me to do. <laughs> Just call me Fred. <laughs> Fred, um, first of all, let me. I, I was reading some of your bio a little bit, and I had no idea that before you were a singer, you were a model. Well, when I was a little kid, yeah. I, you know, I started singing so early that, that, you know, when you talk about anything I did before I was singing, you're pretty much talking prenatal. <laughs> <laughs> and you started your first band when then? If you started singing so early, how early is early? Well, I, I actually started the first group uh, when I was 12 years old. And we started playing a variety show in seventh grade. And... Uh, um, uh, kept the group together, and the group then be became uh, my first band, which was uh, just before the Shondells. It was called the Tornadoes, uh, back in my hometown of Niles, Michigan. And we played, you know, local dance hops and stuff like that in the early 60s. And then uh, the Shondells, when I recorded Hanky Panky in 1963, we actually changed our name to the Shondells. And... Uh, uh, of course, the story, you know, the, the, we recorded Hanky Panky, uh, and it became sort of a local hit, And uh, but it died a miserable death, and uh, so we forgot about it. And then uh, I graduated from high school in 65, took my band on the road, and, um, uh, you know, the record Out of Nowhere uh, became a hit in Pittsburgh in early 66. So they tracked us down, and I. This is, you know, only in America, and uh, uh, that was literally the beginning of my career out of Pittsburgh in 19, uh, early 1966. A week later, we were in New York and got signed with Roulette Records, and uh, uh, you know, it was. Uh, it's been, you know, that was my college education, and here we are. Uh, you know, almost 60 years later. Wow, that's amazing. Now, in the early years, um, you know, obviously in high school, and you were a young man, so did record companies um, take advantage of you? I mean, you probably didn't have any um, representation back in the days. The music business wasn't like it is today. So, I mean, did you get ripped off, so to speak, for lack of a better word? Well, yeah, of course, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. In fact, I wrote a book about it. Um uh, the bottom line is that when uh, in 1966, when we signed with Roulette Records, um, Roulette Records um, not only was a functioning record company, but it was also a front for the Genovese crime family in New York, and that made life real interesting for us. And as I said, I wrote a book about it called Me, the Mob, and the Music, and uh, it's going to be a movie. Oh, really? Yeah. And... Um, uh, so, I mean, my, you know, that was the that my beginning of my career uh, in 1966 in in um, the major music business was uh, was the beginning. And but I can tell you the story of, of Roulette, but uh, that's that's the book. Well, I'm gonna we're gonna have to go. We're gonna have to get the book. When when did you write the book? How long ago? It's been well. It's been almost ten years, but it's okay. been selling consistently ever since. And uh, as I said, it's going to be in uh, going to be a film. 
the movie or the uh, the book is about two thirds of an, an autobiography with about with the rest of it basically a uh, uh, a memoir of our time at, at Roulette Records. It was a fascinating time. All I can say is that uh, Roulette, uh, you know, was, as I said, was the front for the Genovese crime family, and uh, uh, we had to pretend we didn't see a lot of the things we saw. Uh, there was, you know, while we were moaning, moaning, and hanky pankying, and all the other stuff, there was this very dark and sinister story going on behind us that we couldn't talk about. Uh, but I will say this about Roulette Records, that if we had been with one of the big corporate labels like CBS or RCA or, you know, one of the, one of the, one of the majors, I can tell you we, it's quite likely we would have ended up, uh, would have been lucky to have been a one-hit wonder with, uh, with Hanky Panky um, because we would have had so much competition. You know, it would have been almost, we probably would have been, turned over to an in-house A&R guy, and that's probably the last time anybody would have heard from us. At Roulette, they actually needed us. I was, we were given all the red carpet treatment we could ask for, and uh, we ended up uh, doing about 110 million records uh, at Roulette. We had 23 gold singles and nine platinum albums, and uh, honestly, uh, uh, I don't know what would have happened if we had gone with one of the majors. And how old were you at that time again? I mean, the, the span of the years? I was 19 when we came to New York when, when my first record hit. Wow. You know, so do the math. I'm 106 now. <laughs> <laughs> so you saw a little bit of uh, maybe a little money laundering you couldn't talk about, maybe a little payola, plugola you couldn't talk about, but... Uh, you know, obviously, as you said, being in that particular uh, record company, Roulette, that it kind of helped you with your career. Um, at what time did you say, you know what, I got to get out from under these guys? Yeah, well, that was uh, 1974. I went with, uh, we went with uh, Fantasy Records out on the West Coast and uh, then came back from Millennium Records and we uh, started having hits again with Three Times in Love. And uh, this was 1980. So we had we had a nice we had a nice run. I can't complain. We're talking with John, uh, Tommy James, who's going to be at the Weinberg Center with a, um, a big show. We'll get to that in just a moment. Where we're kind of talking about his career, and, and you have uh, a lot, as you mentioned, you made a lot of records, a lot of hit singles. What you know, I always ask people, what's your favorite song that you sang, and what's the favorite song that you sing that you actually wrote? Did you write most of your songs, or was it collaboration? Most of them, yes. Okay. Uh, not in the, not in the very early days. So which one? Which is which is your favorite to sing? Well, in our in our show, I think of the hits, probably "Crystal Blue Persuasion." I'd have to say would be my my all time favorite. Uh, but you know, "Moni Moni" is a gas to play too because there's not much oxygen left in the room, and uh, uh, basically, uh, you know, they're like your children. Uh, it's 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 tough to pick one or the other that uh, is your favorite. Okay, so then I'll I'll step to the next question. Which one is your favorite that has been covered? Your favorite cover. Well, I think Prince doing Crimson and Clover was the, the was the most fun to listen to. He really did a wonderful job with it and. Uh, um, made it very futuristic and did a very different version of it than we did. 
And it's always flattering and honoring to hear uh, artists, uh, different artists do your music that, uh, you know, like Dolly Parton did Crimson and Clover. We, matter of fact, we did it together. And, and she made it a country song. So, I mean, I mean, it's really fascinating to hear other artists do your music. Um, but I really think my all-time favorite cover would have to be Prince. The other thing that I have for you, of course, obviously, is uh, over the weekend, unfortunately, it seems like when it comes to celebrities, deaths happen in threes. And, of course, uh, your comment, if you have any, you don't have to. Uh, Gary Wright, Jimmy Buffett, and the uh, uh, Har Harwell I think, uh, from Smash Mouth. Any thoughts on the passing of these icons? Well, of, of course. Uh, you know, um, uh, I wasn't that familiar uh, with Smash Mouth as a, you know, as something that I listened to that much. Uh, I'm very sorry to, uh, to see what happens to, to music people. Um, I, we've lost so many people. Jimmy Buffett was tough because, um, you know, I, in fact, we're doing, I'm doing a little tribute to him on my radio show on Sirius XM this weekend. Um, I, I'm, I, I really, he was such a, I, I never had a chance to meet Jimmy, but, um, I always loved what he did. And I, I was just amazed at what he did. Uh, with Margaritaville, turned it into a billion-dollar industry. Yeah, he, the, he's the, a fascinating the, artist, and I just uh, am real sorry to see him go. The beach bum who's worth billions. <laughs> Isn't that something? <laughs> yeah, right? And, and I mean, and, and that kind of, I mean, obviously, I don't know if you're in that same, you know, area, but, I mean, here's you're a guy who started out when? When you were 12 years old, and you're still playing music at, at your age today, which is what you said, 106, I think it was. 106. 106, very good. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it was like everything I say is cyclical in, in some music and stuff, and people have kind of found your music and found others' music and say, this is still really good music to listen to. Well, you know, as I look out, at our concert crowd, I literally see three generations of people. And um, uh, it's really an amazing thing to see. And, uh, uh, you know, during the show and after, I get a chance to talk to people. And uh, just all ages come to our shows. And it's really very rewarding to me personally. And uh, I thank the good Lord and the fans for the kind of longevity we've had. And I mean that. Well, again, um, I don't, Chris, do you have any questions, or did I ask them all? Uh, actually, I do have a couple. You did a good job, though, Bob, because I had a few questions. Actually, he, he answered that I wanted to ask. But one question, every time I talk to people, I'm always intrigued. Uh, we're going to go back in time a little bit here. When you were young, growing up around 12 years old, who did you like? Who were some of your favorite bands? Well, of course, I loved uh, most of all the first-generation rock and rollers, you know, Gene Vincent and... Buddy Holly and Elvis and uh, Eddie Cochran and all those guys who really were the icebreakers. They um, they started it all. It's fascinating to uh, to watch you know rock and roll as, you know historically to the first generation and then the second generation with you know the British invasion and all all those groups the the hair groups you know and um, and just watch it move along it's 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 a fascinating uh venture into history 
and it's and it's all American. You know what I mean? It's like uh, it's like uh, the Americans invented it. Uh, being a, being an early rock and roller was dangerous. Uh, these guys with their guitars and uh, you know it was like a you know hearing an acoustic guitar playing rock and roll was like a like a considered like a like a pickup truck with a bad muffler. I mean it was dangerous and and you didn't it was like picking up a, a rifle in some new army. So those, those the first generation rock and rollers I'd have to say were my favorites to listen to. I mean, you go back to Bill Haley and the Comets and, and uh, groups like that. It's just amazing music. Now, you've had 32 Billboard Hot 100 chart hits, which is amazing. One song I wanted to ask you about was uh, one of my favorites, Sweet Cherry Wine. I know there's a, a religious aspect to that song. Right. Well, that's true. I became a Christian during that period of time, and... Uh, it was reflected in my music, Crystal Blue Persuasion, and Sweet Cherry Wine also. Um, uh, certainly was. Well, I, I considered S Sweet Cherry Wine to be the blood of Christ. That's mm -hmm. that's how I wrote it. And I think all the songs that uh, that I write, all the songs that you write as an artist, are snapshots of where you're coming from at that moment in your life. Well, Tommy, we appreciate you joining. I just looked at the Weinberg Center um website and there are 63 tickets left so it's almost sold out and uh people can get their tickets well, i'm excited about coming down and uh it's going to be fun and uh uh i thank you guys for a great interview and uh it's been great talking with you we appreciate you and thank you and continued success and and i you know okay so back in your mind you know, you had, say you had the movie coming out, and and maybe even more. Are you mad that those Jersey Boys got to it first? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I'm, I'm. Listen, I'm glad to be doing this. This is fun, and uh, I never in the world thought in 1966 that we'd still be doing this in 2023. You got to love it. It's longevity. Thank you, sir, and enjoy your show and enjoy Frederick. Hope you get a, a little bit of a chance to maybe walk around downtown Frederick and see the sites. It's a beautiful, beautiful I'd town. I'd love to. And I, think I would you will, love to. I think you will enjoy it, and you'll love the Weinberg Center. It's a beautiful theater. And, Great. Uh, we, we appreciate you. Thanks for joining the Morning News Express at WFMD. God bless. Bye-bye.